Every day we're hustling with the daily hustle. I don't have to pretend to be this version of myself. I can embrace the things that make me different. At our agency, we will create the best working environment. Filling six, seven, eight grand a year, year in, year out. There is something really magical about the power of saying yes. There's power in intentionality. Allow it to kind of happen to you or happen for you. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Matt Daly, and I hope this show inspires you to be a better version of yourself in your personal and professional life. In addition to hosting this podcast, I'm also the CMO and co-founder of Circulate Digital, where we help e-commerce brands to drive customer acquisition and success online. Make sure you check us out at circulatedigital.com. Make sure you also show us some love by following us on our socials at Circulate Digital and The Daily Hustle Official. In this episode of The Daily Hustle, I spoke with Matty Martin from Represent Clothing, who offer British luxury clothing all across the globe. Matty made it his mission to create the best SEO and digital PR strategy in fashion, and we spoke about his journey to do that on this podcast today. We also spoke about how to keep on trend in fashion, as well as some of the key elements he thinks you should focus on in your personal life to keep energized at work. So without further ado, let's get started. Thank you so much for coming on the show. The other day you met Danny, my brother and business partner at an event, and he got very, very excited because he loves the brand that you're working with. And he wanted to get you on the podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and a bit about your professional background. Well, firstly, I think when I met Danny, um, really tried to kind of sell a lot to him. To be honest with you, I had him try it on my jacket. I was trying to sell him jujitsu, all sorts. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got we got along really well. But anyway, yeah, I'm Matty. I'm a SEO and digital PR guy at Represent. For those that don't know, Represent is a kind of luxury streetwear brand based out of Bolton near Manchester. So we started about 12 years ago now by two brothers. So it's kind of a similar story to, to your own agency. And yeah, since then, it's just kind of exploded. Like it's kind of everywhere now. I came to represent about 16 months ago. But before that, I was at my protein. And before that, I had no experience in marketing at all. So I did my undergrad degree in linguistics. That I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. So I did the kind of usual thing, jumping on a master's. Got halfway through that master's and then still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought instead of applying for a load of jobs that I don't want to do, I'll just apply at an industry or in a company that I really love. Uh, so I applied for a general e-com role at MyProtein and then throughout the kind of interview process, they just thought I'd be a good fit for SEO. So it's kind of a happy accident really. After three weeks there kind of training, they put me on 10 sites to manage. So it included MyProtein UK, so obviously kind of like the biggest one. So a lot of kind of ownership had to be taken there. Ireland, India, Belgium, Netherlands, Greece, Cyprus, and Poland, and also the activewear kind of division. So yeah, that was like a real good place to start. I had to take a lot of accountability, had a lot to kind of deal with. It was super fast paced, but like the learning there was just incredible. Like I was in a team of 12 SEOs, so learned super fast and yeah, it was wicked. From there, um, I guess, so there's essentially a guy at Represent who used to also work at MyProtein called Harrison, and he works in PPC. So when my current manager, uh, Liam, who's head of marketing at Represent, wanted 
to have an SEO guy. Currently, he basically asked Harrison if he knows anyone. He said, yeah, there's a guy at my protein who always wears represent. They brought me in, had an interview, and the next day I had the job. And yeah, so it's been 16 months since then, and I'm still loving it. That's fantastic, mate. So it's it's kind of started off from my protein. It's a pretty big brand, and you've yeah. gone from the big brand to a smaller brand, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But it's within its right growing very quickly, right? It's a small brand. Well, it's not a small brand anymore, but it was a small brand with big goals. It's kind of the mission statement of the company is to build the best brand in the world, which is a really high ambition, but I feel like can't be making any small plans, you know? So yeah, I mean, I'm still a team of one in SEO. I mean, there's six people on our marketing team, but I'm kind of a solo SEO. So that in itself has been such a good learning experience. So you're at the moment then, so you're leading pretty much all of the SEO and digital PR. It's like, what's, what's like the most exciting thing about doing that for Represent? Like, what's the challenges that you face with that and the opportunities as well? The main thing for me is like the general variety of the brand. So kind of the goal of the brand anyway is to own our customer's wardrobe. Like we want to be in every part of our customer's life. So we want to have the customer wearing us, whether they're at work, whether they're going out for dinner, whether they're going to the gym, whether they're chilling on home, going on holiday. So we've got all these kind of, I call them pillars to the brand. Each one of those pillars kind of offers something slightly different, but within that, it also offers it to different demographics, which obviously brings with it different kind of strategies on how you position those uh, within the site, how you position them like for organic search. So we've got our owners club stuff, which is probably the stuff that after this podcast, you'll see everywhere now. That's like big represent across the back. That's kind of what really exploded the brand just because it's so visible. We've also got our mainline stuff, which are our seasonal drops. We have our 247 collection. This is kind of like our active wear, sportswear kind of sub-brand. So it actually started off just as one pant. So basically the, the owner, George, he wanted a pant that he could go to work in, leave the office, go to the gym in, leave the gym, go for a run in. So it kind of started this whole kind of trend in the world of like technical active wear that looks kind of minimalistic and smart at the same time. And then we've just actually launched quite recently our initial collection, which replaced our old whites collection. So that's kind of all minimalist staples kind of things. Like you're playing hoodies, you're playing sweatpants, you're playing t-shirts, but they're just done to like absolute perfection. I think the, like, the brand has built like this really cool an elite type vibe. So like in that situation, how do you guys keep innovating? How do you stay ahead of the game? Like you want to be the best brand in the world. How do you keep that innovation game? I think it all comes down to kind of knowing the customer and to know the customer, you've kind of got to be the customer. When you walk in here, one thing you'll notice is pretty much everyone was a fan of the brand before they started working here. But we've also got like a really good kind of online community as well. So like we've got a Facebook group with like 15,000 members, there's WhatsApp groups and none of these are actually run by anyone within the company. They're all community led, but I try and dip my toe into kind of as many of these as possible. Because like, I feel like if I can communicate with these guys, know what they're wearing, know what they want to wear, know what they want to look for, know what kind of the next big thing is that they're going to love, you know what I mean? That's kind of the best way to say how I think. And I think it's kind of a, a definite disconnect in a lot of brands and their consumers. I mean, like George, our owner, like he will reply to every single DM in his inbox. You know what I mean? It's, and there's not many brands you can really go to, especially kind of like global clothing brands where you can go to the owner and tell him, oh, this is sick. Like when even a restock, he'll, he'll reply, you know what I mean? It's, it's having that connection with the consumer. And like I said, just being the consumer as well, which is really, really important. 
we've worked with a lot of fashion brands. We've actually won the best digital campaign for, for one of our fashion brands. One of the things, the challenges that you've got is, you know, with seasonality, you've always got to stay on trend and you've got to be forward thinking. You've got to be thinking, right, what's going to work with our customer base? How do you guys go about doing that in the e-commerce world to keep that consistency together? Like I say, we've got, we've got all of our different pillars, like trying to get different touch points for the customer. I think a lot of it comes down to our weekly drops. We just have so much different stuff, man, honestly, like, like one week we'll be dropping a brand new silhouette of a shoe. The next week we'll have a Motley Crue collaboration. You know what I mean? Week after that, we'll have a 247 collaboration with say March on who are like a fitness programming and supplement company. I mean, this week we're actually launching our mini owners club, which is like owners club for kids, basically. It's like, so really trying to kind of own, own that customer in every, in every kind of stage of their life. A lot of it comes down to what, how you're managing different types of products. So for example, if I know we've got something like a Motley Crew coming up, I know that the majority of my folks so that will be PR led because it's going to be a limited run. It's not going to sit on site forever. We'll drive the PR, we'll drive the influence campaign, we'll drive the social campaign. And here they really put a lot of effort into their campaigns. Like the content seems excellent. You want to have people decide that they want it before they even land on site. Then when they land on site on drop night, the product's basically already sold. Uh, so I almost treat these kind of like super anticipated drops almost more the product page more is kind of a get them excited about having it which is not very seo-y at all to be honest with you uh so like so like i'll talk about stuff like the story behind the product i'll talk about the inspiration for certain bits of it so say for example like the crack graphic how it like emulates the corrosion of like vintage artwork and stuff like that you know you want to make the customer feel like they've got it before they even have it you know what i mean it's just about getting that over the line but then we do also have kind of another side to it. So we have kind of our perennial products. So these are all things like our, the 247 pan, like the owner's club hoodie, now kind of the initial collection as well, or the minimalist stuff. And this is stuff that we always aim to have on site. So these are all very much like optimized for search. So optimized for technical cargoes, optimized for X, Y, and Z color hoodies, that kind of thing. So yeah, the, these are products that we try and keep on site and these are very, very optimized. However, they don't always stay on site. That's kind of the issue. Like this stuff is popular, so it often sells out. So it means in my role, I have to put a lot of my emphasis on collection pages. With the collection pages, like we're, we're always guaranteed to have at least something. I understand the customer. I know the customer. I am the customer. I know what the customer is searching for. So that gives me a really good starting point on what I want us to be ranking for collection page wise, for those commercial and transactional searches. From there, essentially the idea is once, once customer has tried the product. The consistency comes from the quality of the product more than anything. So you've got to give the credit there to like the design and production team. Like it's it's excellent. Like once someone buys one thing, they remain a customer. I think I said it earlier, like someone will buy a two four seven pant. That'll be their first product. But they'll then kind of dip their toe into other areas of the two four seven range. They might buy a t shirt, they might buy a jacket, they might buy a pair of socks. From there we've got them in the gym then. They love the product in the gym. And then they'll try the other ranges. They'll try owners club, they'll try the main line. And that's where the consistency comes from. Once we've captured their attention and we've got them in the product, like they will keep coming back and eventually they will be the ones who are waiting online at 8 p.m. ready for that drop. I can definitely see like when pe when you see people wearing this, they usually got good style. They got like, it's, it's a very different type of brand. I mean, yeah, I actually checked before coming on. You've almost got a million followers on Instagram now, yeah. which for a fashion yeah. band is pretty good. 
yeah yeah it's, def- it's definitely getting it's there too bad going <laughs> so you're obviously very happy at represent like you're a customer of them so doing a lot of the search stuff has probably like you said um been very easy because you are the customer you know what the customer wants and actually when you look at like businesses like ours it's very hard to hire a customer <laughs> you know because we're like an agency so yeah, it's quite a nice position to be in I was at an SEO breakfast last week and someone said um, it was a lady who worked at, um, in-house in a brand and she, she pretty much brought up, I was probably the youngest person there by about, probably about five years. And she kind of said, oh, how, how do you guys find recruitment? Like, do you not just find like that the younger generation is like so unmotivated to work? Like they just want to leave at five o'clock on the dot every day and not do any extra stuff. And like, I kind of said to her, like, you, you, I just think you're not hiring the right people in that case. Like you need to be hiring people who are excited about doing the kind of things that you're you're doing, you know. And it, it whether that's agencies, you should you, like. There's a lot of exciting stuff in the world, you know what I mean. And and there's going to be someone in in a role that you want, in a role that you hire for. It's going to be someone who's excited about it. I think that's the best thing you can do. I mean, when I started here, I had 18 months SEO experience. I can't think of like really many brands who would who would. Who would kind of have the trust in me with that much experience to put me kind of at the helm of a whole SEO strategy. You know what I mean? But I just think kind of it all goes back to being the customer and being excited about the brand. I think if you have that, you can kind of achieve anything. We did a lot of our mission and our values. And like, actually, one of the things that I think is really important in collaborating with brands is that they align with your mission and your values. So um, I can see why guys probably do find hiring quite easy because you've got like a really well kind of streamlined set of missions and where you want to take things exactly it's, it's just straightforward you know like and like, like i said you come into the office and see it straight away like everyone is in on it there's no agendas there's no like self-interest in anything like everyone's kind of on this mission together how is the branded search strategy for you guys like do you see that as like a big part of your approach for SEO? With regards to kind of branded competition, we're essentially competing against our wholesale partners. If the wholesale partners get the traffic, great. They sell out, it increases the demand for wholesale, they put in bigger orders. Obviously, from a selfish point of view on the digital side, I want the traffic coming to us. So what I really try and focus on is pushing kind of the experience of buying from Represent. I'll push in the meta description that uh, we do free next day delivery. We'll, uh, we'll push the free returns. On product pages, we'll push kind of the prestige system. So for example, with prestige is essentially a system we've got on site where once you join, you sign up to our marketing emails, all that kind of thing, you start to build coins up with every purchase. And the more points you get, you increase your prestige tier. As you get to higher tiers, you um, unlock discounts, you get early access to drops. It's about pushing the kind of experience by represent as much as possible obviously part of that is increasing brand search as well that's where like all the digital pr stuff comes in that's where the teams like social strategy teams influence strategy that kind of stuff comes in and i actually think there's some key words i find a kind of brand by association where they're not necessarily directly brand searches for example when i came into the company i saw that um so george heaton our owner his name gets a thousand searches a month and we weren't ranked on anything with it. So literally one of the first things I did was I interviewed him, wrote it out, typed it all up, put it on the blog. And we're not even ranking like top five anymore, but that literally, I mean, categorize it as non-brand. I kind of see it more as brand now. It's one of our best non-brand kind of traffic bringer in us. 
there's kind of a lot that we do there, but we definitely do focus on the non-brand side. Obviously, like I said, once, once we've got the consumer, we know they'll keep coming back. So that's why my focus is very much on non-brand, bringing in the new customers. What CMS are you guys using currently and how are you building that out? Do you find it's a, a, there's a formula behind your success with your product? We're on Shopify where the different products kind of require different things. So for example, if it's a collab product, we know it's going to sell out. It's about getting that sale over the line and presenting the, presenting the experience of having the product the way you'd expect to see it. I think for Motley Crue, you even put in like you'd expect to see it in an LA vintage store. You know, you, you, you're trying to sell the lifestyle around it and you're trying to put that image of you're not just clicking a button and getting it online. You're in LA, you're in a vintage store, you're seeing the crack graphics, you, like, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. That's kind of where product page focus lies with those kind of products. With the stuff that we try and optimize as much as possible, it very much focuses on treating the, the product page and treating the target of the product page to be someone who comes in and doesn't know the brand. That's how I optimize for Google anyway. So for example, I'll describe the fit in great detail. I'll describe the fabric weight in detail, any little kind of extra little things the product has on it. Just trying to give as much helpful information as possible to someone who doesn't know the brand essentially, doesn't know what to expect. With that, we'll also build out uh, product FAQs. So that's something we actually just rolled out quite recently. We had those implemented at MyProtein as well, and it was it, they were really good. Product care, um, all the shipping information, all stuff like that is it's all kind of this information which is going to help customer understand exactly what they're going to get. Which with Google, I see I see SEO at its core as an accumulation of signals. So you're trying to just get in those signals of it as much as possible of all the helpful information. And then you can kind of build your keyword strategy around that. I mean, not, not really related to SEO at all, really, but I kind of wanted to mention it. I think another thing is imagery. So many brands don't focus on the imagery at all. Like, I don't think they realize that when you're on a collection page, the imagery is the first thing you see before you even click onto the product, see the description, see the FAQs and all that stuff. It's literally the first thing that's with these. So, I mean, like I said before, our content team is really good and you'll see them on shoots and George will be there kind of adjusting how a t-shirt falls on, on the model, just in how much it stacks on the shoe, just in how much like lace is showing each side of the shoe, all that kind of stuff. Like it's never going to look better than it is realistically on site. And like sometimes you see some brands e-com and it's just throwing on a mannequin, kind of like pitched it in at the back where it's just like wrinkly and like not level and it's just like, Man, you, you're missing out on so much there. You know what I mean? So, I mean, SEO is easy. Like, you've just got to do it right, really. It's the conversion on top of that, which is a difficult part. And actually, like, when you're thinking about the content on a page, the stuff like the imagery is the really important bit because that can really uplift conversion rates. If you've got a really crap image on the page, then no one's going to buy it, are they? Because why would they buy from it? <laughs> so makes complete sense. <laughs> I just I just think as well, like if you don't put the effort into writing a bespoke description, if you don't put the effort into taking a really nice picture, it doesn't really say a lot about the effort that's gone into designing the product itself. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be perfect in every respect, I think. I just want to take a quick pause. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far, but just wanted to remind you to follow us at The Daily Hustle across Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also check out my digital agency, Circulate Digital, where we help e-commerce brands to drive customer acquisition and success online. Let's get back to the show. In terms of AI, 
this is like the the talking topic right now in I think every brand out there and as agencies we're like right what can we do to to kind of keep in the game how can we advance here what can we do to to make AI work for us how are you doing that with your SEO strategies that represent I'm going to be honest with you I I'm not implementing it much but I have a lot of kind of opinions on it I'll start with what I'm not using it for and also what I am using it for and then I'll give you potentially some of my opinions so, I mean, content writing, that's kind of the main place you see and people work it into their like workflows. But I mean, for me, it's just no matter what tone of voice I try and get it to do, it's always kind of a caricature. If you ask it to do something like a very luxurious tone of voice, or if you ask, even, even if I say to it, do this in the brand tone of voice of Louis Vuitton, it will just kind of accentuate everything to the extreme. It's just like, it's not quite got that kind of finesse to it. And I'm sure it'll get better. So I am kind of keeping my, like, my finger on the pulse with it. But yeah, I mean, one thing I am using it for, though, is a lot of my kind of keyword and topic clustering. I think it's really good for that because it kind of informs me on where, where I should have a new page, where I shouldn't have a new page, where I should have a blog post. Because sometimes having kind of the different search types is very, very good. So transactional, commercial, uh, navigational, informational. And, and that's something I really work into my strategy. But having these kind of topic clusters as well is getting an understanding of where you might need a new page and where you, where you don't need a new page, where you can kind of have everything on one page. Like, I find it useful for that. I just kind of get an inspiration for that. In terms of my opinions on it though, I think AI very much kind of is going to be kind of the future in like e-commerce SEO. But I think if anything, it's just going to like blur the lines between, between sites, especially on page. Like an answer that people have often given me for when I say like, oh yeah, you don't want to write in your content because AI detection tools will pick it up. But at the same time, even if you get it to write your main topics that you want on the page or on a blog article or on the main kind of things you want to include on a product page or a collection page, that AI is going to give you the best answer it has possible. It's going to give everyone the best answer it has. So essentially, I feel like we're going to get to a point where everyone's kind of got the same kind of stuff on product pages, same kind of stuff on collection pages, same kind of stuff on blogs. Even though there might be slightly difficult, maybe some big differences between the physical content itself, I think we'll be covering the same kind of things. At the moment, like it's, it's very much kind of a bit of a novelty. If I said to you now, like, would you rather have a shoe that's been handmade by a human? It's one of a thousand shoes that have been made by this guy. Or you can have a shoe which has been made a million times off an automated production line. You're probably going to say the one made by the human, right? And we're seeing it kind of now in art as well. Like, we, you know, where you're getting these, getting these amazing art pieces made by AI in the style of Van Gogh, in the style, I mean, I don't know if you asked this, but, you know, like, like, and they are, they are amazing. But I think it is kind of a novelty. And I think in 10 years' time, when you go to a museum, you're not going to necessarily want to see an AI replication of a, of a Van Gogh. You wanna, you're going to want to see the real thing. Because I think there's a lot of value to something being done by a human. You've got the accumulation of, that individual's knowledge of well, that we accumulated over the whole life, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot that you can add on econ pages with that. Everyone's got kind of their digital paper trail, right? So if you write an article and you then link from the article to product page, the writer of the article, if they've got all their information at the bottom, Google sees that, it'll see the paper trail of everything that, that person's produced. Like I think the algorithm is actually a lot more sophisticated than we think. And I think it kind of follows that and it'll see the accumulation of everything this person has done, it'll recognize that they've contributed to the article, not just completely written by AI, 
giving Callum the best result. I just think as 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 people, uh, we should be optimizing for people. I think the best best people to do that are, are humans. To be honest with you, I'm not saying I'm totally against it. I just think right now it's very much a novelty, and eventually, like we're going to need the nuances that can be added by normal humans. I agree with you on quite a lot of that. The only difference I have is I think when it comes to automation and the amount of automation that AI is allowing you to do, there's going to be huge differences in the productivity and the level and scale of workload and just general admin type tasks. So I think with AI, and actually we spoke about this um, re- on, a, on a recent podcast episode, you have to be top of the game because I think you're going to be controlling AI. You're going to be like the, the teacher of AI. You're going to be you're going to be the one doing the inputs, right? So you've got to be the leader in that. I think right now we're very much in kind of the infant stages of it. I mean, how long ago did ChatGPT start? It obviously is going to get better, but I think now, like now, it's the best time to kind of get into that and. Like I said, just keep your finger on the pulse, keep testing it. But I, I really think humans will kind of always stay, especially in Google search. I think I think humans will always stay relevant. Where do you see your career taking you in the future? Like, what do you see? I, I know you're probably going to say, at Represent, you want to no. be the biggest, best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, do, I, I see myself being here for the long haul. I want to build the best SEO strategy in fashion. Like, that's kind of my goal. But I mean, eventually, I kind of want to open it up. For, I mean, it's an industry that's absolutely dominated by fast fashion. And that's not what everyone wants. Like when when people search for hoodies, they don't necessarily want like 50 variations of Boohoo. But I know there's kind of a group intent there, but you do have different demographics, you know, like, and I think there's kind of a real space for brands that sit in our kind of our niche within the industry. So eventually I, I want Represent to be a case study for that. I want people to kind of look at us leading the way within this niche in the organic space. Sounds slightly egotistical, I don't know, but I'd love to be kind of the guy in like fashion SEO. Like, I mean, I'm only, I'm only 24 and I've I've got kind of big ambitions. So yeah, but I mean, eventually, eventually, I think it'd be cool to maybe just like have an agency which literally focuses on exactly kind of what I'm doing now. Not even just in fashion, but just going into kind of super saturated industries in the organic space, like where it's it's just completely flooded by the big players and really focusing on the super high quality brands. Obviously that kind of, in my mind, anyway, that starts in fashion. Then like, I mean, I'd love to kind of go to a guy who's, I don't know, building cars in his backyard and say, let's scale this, you know, like, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the end goal at the moment. Fantastic. I hear obviously from my brother that you're very much into your jujitsu. How do you kind of find that for your mental and physical well-being? I'll just give you a bit of kind of background first. So I've always been like quite competitive. As a kid, I was always swimming, played a bit of a water polo, then went to university, carried on swimming, kind of vice captain my swim team, played water polo there as well. With swimming as a sport, the feedback loop is it's quite long. So you'll train, you'll be in the pool 20 hours a week or like 15 hours a week, whatever. And you'll train for a year and then you'll go to compete and you'll, you'll beat your time by 0.01 second. Or you might even not even beat your previous time. Like, it's such a long process for such minimal return. So when I left uni, I stopped that just because I didn't have the time to put into it when I started my when I started my career. So I've always been kind of looking for another like thing to be competitive at. I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan, and I've really I've always really enjoyed kind of the MMA ones, but I've never kind of wanted to be hit in the head. 
So it wasn't actually until he had a guy on called John Donaher. You'll have to look him up. He's essentially, he was a, a Columbia professor of philosophy and he just ended up becoming like the best jujitsu coach ever. Which is a bit, bit of a wild kind of turn of career. And kind of listened to him talk about in his approach to it. I thought, you know what, this sounds wicked. So I thought, I'll give it a go. So I went and I just loved it immediately. And I think a lot of it kind of, I mean, there's, there's kind of the mental side, there's the physical side and there's the kind of life side. Like, so I'll just kind of start off with the, the mental side. Like, there's just nothing else like it where you can, you, you get this immediate feedback loop where you're there, you'll do a move, your opponent will, will have 150 million moves to choose when you're literally talking about the human body. And it's all about how quickly you can process what that person's doing and how quickly you can find a solution to that problem that they're giving you. And sometimes you'll come up with a solution, sometimes you won't come up with a solution, but you know straight away if you are, because you'll be being choked out. You know, like, it's just <laughs> it's just so good for learning because, like I said, you can jump in for a role. It might last the full six minutes without kind of coming to a conclusion, or you might get choked out in five seconds, which actually happened to me like yesterday. Someone got me with a cross-collar choke, which is essentially like that. It makes it so good for learning. So, like, you can ask the guy to choke you out or get you in a joint, or you can go away and le learn it yourself. And you come back next time, you won't get caught by it again. For a physical side as well, like, I think it's the only martial art that you can truly go in and do 100% every single session in training. I mean, if you go boxing, yeah, go 100% in training every time. You, you're going to really hurt someone or you're going to brain damage something over time. Whereas with jujitsu, like, you go 100% and then if someone's in too much pain, they tap. And then that's it. Your best mates again then. And just the endorphins you get from it. You know, you leave, you like, you've been rolling around on the floor with another dude for an hour. Like, it's kind of weirdly kind of primal <laughs> in a way. It's like, it's, it's very hard to explain it, why it's so good. I just think it, it kind of taps into something that's kind of like a little bit deeper in kind of our mental physiology almost. Like, but um, I mean, just like, just life lessons I take from it as well. Like, I mean, it teaches me like, when to relax under pressure you know what i mean if you've got someone on top of you but pushing your legs back trying to get past the past the guard or whatever like you just the best thing you can do is relax and it teaches you when to go 100 as well and to put your foot on the gas having that kind of dichotomy there is just it's brilliant i think that's a really important skill in life i, I used to do muay thai i think i told you earlier but um yeah it's 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 a fun thing to do muay thai is pretty brutal i've got to say like getting hit in the head yeah. is a bit mad yeah and those like <laughs> leg kicks as well like oh my god yeah. like mad <laughs> so in terms of the episode it's been really interesting uh it's it's given us a good feeling for what it's like to be inside represent as like an employee so i really really appreciate you coming on the show today whenever we finish the show we always ask one last question so that question is, what is the best bit of advice you've ever received? It's actually it's actually not so much advice, it's more kind of, it's actually two pieces of advice, which aren't actually pieces of advice, they're actually just kind of quotes. But I think you can kind of take a lot of them in terms of advice. Uh, so the first one is from Jerry Rice, and it's, um, so do today what others won't, so tomorrow you can do what others can't. And I actually discovered that um, when I was back in uni, and essentially, it was this, there was this guy who was beating me all year. From the, so we had like our fast competition with York. I was at Lancaster. This guy was beating me all year in breaststroke. So I was a breaststroker. He was a breaststroker. He just beating me all year. And he, he just started talking so much on social media. And it just got crazy. And like that, that quote, I just, I had it on my laptop screen. I had it on my phone screen. And that just gave me so much drive. I mean, the other thing was that year, 
well, the year before my, the end of my second year, I was one percent away from the first. So it kind of drove me in my third year as well to like really just push as much as I can and everything I can do. The second quote, which ties in really well, I think is it's Alex Hamosi. Um, it's to understand that this is what hard feels like, which I think you can kind of take a lot of comfort from. And kind of with them, with them both together, I just like kind of looking into the real world now, I think there's a lot of people out there who are reading self-help books, that listen to self-help podcasts, we're doing a lot of things to kind of increase their kind of awareness and their mindset on things, but they're not actually taking action. I think there's only so much you can read and so much you can learn. The actual act of, of listening or reading something isn't going to improve you. You've got to take action yourself. You've got to take action now. If you understand that that's what hard feels like, like that's the first step to kind of getting ahead of everyone else. You're doing the hard thing. It's meant to be hard, but eventually it's going to get you where you need to be. You've got to keep those things close to you and, and use them to motivate you, right? For sure, for sure. And yeah, they, they really do, I think. So, Well, I've, I've really enjoyed having you on the show today. And um, where can everyone find you? Yeah, it's Matthew Martin on LinkedIn. So I'm actually like kind of putting a bit more effort into my LinkedIn now, just because I want to kind of give back a little bit more, like tell people more about what I've learned, kind of doing the job that I do I mean like so I've kind of came to represent to put the foot on the gas and that's kind of what I've tried to do as much as possible so find me on LinkedIn there you can also find me on Instagram Matty TJ Martin the TJ part isn't actually my middle name it's just kind of a name that was given to me at uni which kind of stuck um, <laughs> but yeah those are kind of the main social medias that I use thank you very much and until next time guys see you later Thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode of the Daily Hustle podcast. If you loved this episode, please don't forget to follow us across our social media at the Daily Hustle official. And if you really love this show, then just press that little bell and get notified every time we release an episode. See you next time.